Welcome to Almost Live, a podcast from before podcasting existed, where real life is stranger than fiction. I'm your host, Aphrodite. Welcome to Almost Live, a podcast from before podcasting existed, where real life is stranger than fiction. I'm your host, Aphrodite. This is always recorded in the field, so any environmental noise is a feature, not a bug. I try to do this all in one take, because in life, that's sometimes all you get. And I leave in any flubs or errors, because life isn't perfect. Why should I pretend that this is? Tonight I'm recording this at Nat Bailey Stadium in Vancouver, British Columbia. As I record this, it's November 1st, 2022. Six years minus one day since I stood in front of a different ballpark whose gates were closed, Wrigley Field, because that was Game 7 of the 2016 World Series. And that was a magical night. But I've spent the past few months reflecting on a few things in my life, and I was thinking about a different night at Wrigley. 2003, Game 6 against the Marlins. And if you're a Cubs fan, or even any kind of baseball fan, you probably have the name Steve Bartman rolling through your head at this moment. And I was really thinking about that night because I was contemplating how to restart this project that I had abandoned basically 19 years ago. That was the last time I recorded an episode of Almost Live. I was around the ballpark that night. I was there instead of with the phone. I had a mini disc recorder and a stick microphone and a couple of extra discs. I wanted to try and capture some of that magic because I was really hoping, like almost everyone there was, that something magical would happen that night. That the curse of the billy goat would finally be broken. That didn't happen, of course. And... Steve Bartman may be the reason why he is the one blamed because of a moment's inattention where he did what any fan would. He reached for a ball that was seemingly going to be out of play. What I remember most about that point in the sixth inning was how before that there was a buildup of anticipation and pent-up excitement. You could feel it building Everyone there thought maybe this was the year. But it turns out that one mistake changed everything. All that built up anticipation suddenly turned into a moment's rage directed at this guy. He had to be escorted out of the stadium for his safety. And then after that was a feeling like all four of your tires on your car were suddenly burst while doing over the speed limit on the freeway. It was just incredulous how, after that moment, everything went the Marlins way. But that wasn't the only thing I remembered about that night. The other thing I remembered while doing my interviews and hearing the usual responses of, oh, I can't wait to see them win. I'm just excited to be here. Because, obviously, I was a broke college student. I couldn't go inside the ballpark. I remember clearly one guy that walked up, climbed up, rather, a tree. And it caught my attention because I didn't see anyone else that had done so. This tree also happened to be in kind of sort of a line of sight with one of the slits that were in Wrigley Field to allow people to peek inside. What was amazing was I went and asked him, Hey, why are you in the tree? And he simply said, It's so I can get a better view. And that was the right answer. That's all there is to it. That's why he did it. He could have said how... This was an interesting thing. He thought it was going to be there for a historic moment. Now, he did give me some other details about himself that I am not 
reporting in this story because I do want to talk to him if he ever catches wind of this or if he finds the tweet that I made where I wanted to talk to him on my personal account on Twitter that's spelled graphical with a K after the C. 19 years is a lifetime. Obviously, I've changed a lot. If this guy is still around, then he's changed a lot as well. I'd like to talk to him and find out how he's doing, what he's been up to in those years. But that's not the only thing I wanted to bring up, because that was a good story to think about and a good thing to reflect on. But then I realized 2016 would not have been possible without that mistake that Steve made. And I remember being there. I went to the gates of Wrigley very early, before the game started. And I remember when there was a crowd of dozens that built to a crowd of hundreds, then thousands, then millions that were waiting for some magic that night. I remember the crowd, as far as I could see, stretched well past the red line stop on Addison, well past the flyover on Clark. And I remember how that crescendo of joy and pleasure was just crashing from all those extremes toward us as the game ended. And you could feel it building and building, and it was focused right where I was standing. It crashed into me, and I'd never felt anything as intense as that in my life. And the scoreboard on the marquee hadn't yet rolled yet. It still said ninth inning. And then it said final. And then it said world champions and... Just as a wave crashes on the beach and bounces back, another wave bounced back from that display. I remember the crazy things that were done afterwards, where they knocked down the Taco Bell sign. People tore down light poles with live power going through them. They stormed the gates of Wrigley. I saw some guy recreate that famous photo of VE Day where the sailor kisses a girl. You've probably seen that photo from back in the day. I know it could be problematic. I'm just remembering what I saw that night. And regret that I couldn't have photographed. <laughs> but I realized that was 108 years. And 108 years is a long time. In fact, it is the longest championship drought in professional sports that has a realistic chance of ever being broken. I have to add that caveat because there are indeed clubs in Europe, soccer clubs, that have had longer championship droughts. However, because of how soccer is structured, in the rest of the world, with a pyramid system of promotion and relegation. The highest team, I think, was a second-tier team. They weren't in the top flight and couldn't contest the championship. Realistically, there was a chance they could potentially get promoted. But even so, they'd be a middling side at best, because if you know anything about soccer in Europe, it's a big-money sport, and the top-flight teams tend to stay there. And regardless of league, the top flight teams tend to stay pretty consistent each year. And that one, I believe, was 128 years the last time I checked. There are teams that are way lower in the pyramid that have droughts of 150 years. But at this point, they're no longer professional sides. They're basically rec teams. Something to do on the weekend. So that was a magical moment, and I doubt another thing like that will ever happen in my lifetime. But I also realized that if it wasn't for that mistake in 2003, 2016 would not have nearly been as sweet. So I want to say, as a Cubs fan, words that I don't know if other Cubs fans have said to him before. 
But I want to say thank you, Steve Bartman. I know that was a moment of raw embarrassment that you lived through, but in the end, that minor mistake that led to failure made success taste all that much sweeter. And I want to talk about where I'm at tonight. That Bailey Stadium is a single-A ballpark. It's a small one. It's in the middle of Vancouver, almost geographically, if you look at the city proper. But it's also not a standalone thing. There is a tiny parking lot next to it, but that's not for the ballpark. That's for a park facility that's across from it that was built for the Olympics. It has a massive swimming pool, weight room, curling rink, because this is Canada, library. It's a very nice facility, and I like visiting here. The ballpark, I haven't had a chance to go inside yet, though next year I think I will, considering that the tickets are 20 bucks or so. That's a reasonable day's entertainment. On the outside, they've got some posters about the history of baseball in the city, particularly one about a team called the Asahi. They were a team based in what is now called the downtown east side that were entirely of Japanese ancestry, either immigrants or second-generation uh, descendants. And they were dismantled in 1940 during World War II and placed into internment camps. It is a beautiful little stadium, and I can't wait to watch some baseball here next year. And that's it. This is episode one of the reboot. As I said, the original run ran from March 2002 to October of 2003, at which point I prefer to think of it as going on hiatus. And now, this is episode one. Sometimes in life, you just have to start over. Future episodes will be released right now via Twitter. The show's Twitter account is at Life After Almost, L-I-F-E, After Almost, my personal account, is graphical, spelled with a K after the C. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your night.